We become a race of peeping Toms. Something happened. Something was happening. I had no idea. Where is her treacherous husband now? But in a place where she can visit, if she wished, mine. It's with the ancestors. I'm yeah, I'm drinking, Luann. How can you hold cake and not eat it? Oh, shit, you guys got coke here. Oh, my God, of course. I mean, I know to you I'm just your old fat Aunt Maddie Faye. I'm more than that, sweetheart. These are godless times, Mrs. Snell. You're all fucking boring. With your piddling grievances over nothing, you're all fucking boring. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Best Supporting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to celebrating and dissecting the performances of our favorite Best Supporting Actresses. My name is Nick Chanov, and I should have been a great many things, Mr. Mayor. And my name is Colin Drucker, and everything lovely happens to Meg. (laughs) Kirsten! Great choice of quote. I mean... Let's She's fabulous just, in this. Let's, yes, let's just say this at the top of the hour here, that this could possibly be my favorite Kirsten Dunst performance. And oh, I love that. There may, I mean, I've always felt that, you know, she is good in a movie full of greats when it comes to Drop Dead Gorgeous. Yeah. And she was incredible in The Power of the Dog. So, you know, there's still that. But, God, she was... Uh, she was my B as fucking A in this movie. Yeah. She was such a hoot. Oh, my God. I mean, I'm so happy to hear that, first of all, because sometimes I find it's hard to pick between the four of those ladies. And I, I really, off the bat, I would say, you know, like when, you know, when you uh, on All Right, Mary say that you'll go back and watch an, uh, an old season of Drag Race with, your, with an eye on somebody else. And I have seen this movie so many times, and I really wanted to keep my eye on Meg this time. And mm. I really, because I think Meg... Because even Beth is more exciting than Meg. I think Meg can be somewhat of a like a womp womp sort of role, but I really, really appreciated and got some more nuggets uh, of just like nuance with Meg in this uh, in this watch of it too. So I'm excited to talk. And she's not my BSA, but like you know, just appreciating her a little bit more. I feel like she can get who was who was her in the, who was Meg? In, oh, it was Emma Watson, right? Yeah, yeah. Meg. That's does a weird of, casting. Go mm-hmm. ahead. It 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 doesn't feel like the the plum role. It's like oh, it's a little bit of the Peggy. You know, it's the big a bit of the the Peggy Schuyler. You know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yes, yes. Yeah. But indeed, we are not here to talk about the Schuyler sisters, and we are not here to talk about the 2019. Greta Gerwig production of Little Women because we've already talked about it. So you can go back and listen to that. This week, we're really bringing in the holidays with such, I mean, such a Christmassy feeling movie right from the get go. It is 1994's Little Women. (laughs) A great year for film. This is also the Pulp Fiction year. This is Forrest Gump. There's a lot to be thankful for. It's a great year for movies. It was a great year for movies, as they say at the Oscars. It's a great yes. year for movies. Yeah. Um, and I, this is one of those movies that I was like, oh, I'm never going to watch that. Like, I, it, it, yeah. that's just a, that's a big old slice of fruitcake that I'm probably just not 
going to get into. And I had just resigned myself to that. And, and I had kind of deigned to watch the Greta Gerwig version because it was like the cool little women, you know? Yeah, I mean? for sure. But I wasn't going to watch old fuddy duddy 1994 little women. And I take it all back. I take Ugh. it all back. I, I was swept away. I loved it. Oh my God, I loved it. And as much as I love the Greta Gerwig version, this is also wrapped in that early 90s look, that early 90s veneer of like yeah. prestige cinema in the early 90s. Ugh, nothing tastes better. I'm so I'm grinning from ear to ear over here because I, I not that I was worried, but you know, it, this it, it definitely feels like more of a period piece. And I would I mean, it really would be like the night of my dreams to do like a double feature of this somewhere to have the little women from 94 and then 2019, because I do think both of them had strong suits. Like Amy is, you know, Florence Pugh the whole way through, which I think is such an important thing to kind of see that evolution. But I also mm -hmm. like, we wouldn't get Kirsten Dunst if we, if, uh, if they followed that same sort of methodology, I guess, of how like they didn't want it to be a girl, but it has to be a little girl. It like, it's so important to see Amy's growth, but adult Amy, not as exciting. And I think it's also, I blame it on the writing too, because I think she's probably a great actress. It's just that they didn't, they didn't write, they didn't flesh that out. She didn't get a scene, you know, painting and talking to Lori about like, you know, how men, like men versus women, like in the 2019 version. So not her fault, but, um, I, I do like them both, but this one feels like home to me. It has my heart. It, it I, Like, this is top 10 movies for me, for sure. Wow. Wow. So, okay. It so, is. so yeah. take us there. Take us, take us on your little women journey. Yes. Um, I don't remember the first time, much like most of the movies we talk about. Um, it just feels, I, I, I'll tell you the first time I remember watching it was with my mom. And I think that's like part of this uh, I guess why it means something to me too, because like, I, I, I don't know, I guess I, I watch movies with my mom, but my mom doesn't really care about film. Like I, she loves my best friend's wedding and the American president, which is good enough for me. You know sure. what I mean? Like that's, yeah. but she's she not, yeah. yeah, she'll go to the movie theater every once in a while, like to this day, but you know, she's not a movie buff. But for some reason, I don't know if we rented it, but it was just her and I, and we watched it. And uh, so there, there's that tie to it as well. And I don't know how old I was, but I feel like I was somewhere in, around middle schoolish age. And I feel like I watched it here and there in, during high school, but I really watched it again and again in college because one of my best friends in my core, like, you know, freshman music major, uh, group. Uh, her name was Beth, which is lovely. Mm. Um, we used to watch it every fall and we made it like an event. We would get apple cider. We were just like poor college kids, you know, we would, but we would just get like a little half gallon of apple cider and just kind of snuggle up on the couch and watch it. And it's just, uh, those, those are the memories that really, there's a lot of nostalgia wrapped up in it too. So like when I get so excited when I watch this movie, I wept through like the whole thing, really. Mm -hmm. um, it's just, it means so much to me. I, I love it. I love it so much. It's, it really is, uh, you know, yes, it's a period piece and there's a lot on, you know, on paper where it's like, and probably why I, I didn't give it a chance. And I think it helped 
having seen the Greta Gerwig version because it was like, oh, okay, I, I know I have an entry point. I kind of yeah. already know what's going on a little bit. But, uh, you know, I, but I still saw this as its own thing. And it just, I mean, you told me, keep an ear out for that score. And I oh. do love, I do love a little Thomas Newman. I yeah. just, he has, um, I feel like for most of the movie, in little children like it's a very sort of minimal score and then the music over the like the closing credits is incredible a high recommend wow. it's like a, a great piece of music um so i was thrilled to see that it was um my thomas R- truly one of the stars of this movie is the score like that those opening credits like the first 25 minutes of this movie are just Oh, it feels like a warm holiday hug and like the like the closeness of these sisters and just like setting I want to live in that world. I don't want to live in that time period for obvious reasons, oh, but yeah. I just if I had those sisters, I think I'd be okay. Like the the shot of like Marmy like and the four of them kind of just snuggled up around her reading that letter. Like that's that's like my like Elizabeth Taylor, Sandy Dennis <laughs> photo that I want mm-hmm. in my room. Like, it's just so good. Ugh. Yeah, well, you know, that that opening, because it opens on Christmas Eve. And, yes. you know, fun fact, the movie came out on Christmas Day in 1994. Uh, such a Christmas movie. Yeah, what a what a what a movie to go to the Cineplex Odeon for after, you know, yes. Christmas dinner um, <laughs> or whatever. Um but, you know, it opens on Christmas Eve. Like it, and I, cause it was like, I had no idea, you know, what we were getting into. But it was like, yeah, it's got Christmas vibes. There, you know, there's some snow on the, on the poster. But I, that opening is like, a, it's its own little short story of like Christmas at the March's house. Yeah. And it's it just so feels lovely. cozy. Yeah. Yeah. So um, cozy. And there's butter, oh, butter! What what divinity, you know? I know. And rolls. Those sausages look so good. I don't oh. know what that one thing is though. There's like circles. They look like eyeballs. I don't know what those are. Oh, Did you they see were those? like little persimmons or something. They something. look like little fruits, right? Little yeah. pumpkins. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but that was yeah. And then they've got their their little lady of the house, Hannah, who just Hannah. She was just kind of like if a golden retriever was a person, it would be Hannah. Oh, just squinting the whole time. Yeah. She's like a Diane Weiss squint. Yeah. It's a great, it's a, like, if it was, if this was a play, I kind of would love to just be Hannah, you know? Oh, yeah. And she got, she has those moments with the roses. I just weep. Oh, Oh, so beautiful. I was just going to say when, oh my God, I'm going to cry. When she squeezed the doll's (laughs) hands, I was done. (laughs) I was done. I know. I mean, I had to mentally... I had to pause the movie because I knew <laughs> it was coming. I was like, okay, I just need to regroup. Oh. And then, you know, of course, the whole Beth sequence happens. And it's just such a beautiful scene. And Claire Danes, in Jesus. her first fucking film, kills it. I think she brings so much life to Beth. In a way, I think we're all kind of Beth. <laughs> she is all of us. Well, she's I the just... one who says, I don't know why everyone wants to go away. I love being at home. <laughs> I know. And I'm just nodding and crying at the same time. Yes. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, uh, and yeah, we're going to talk about everybody, but I love that we're starting. We're talking about Beth because I, for much of the movie, I was like, man, Beth's kind of a like, 
Oh, geez, you really, you know, you, you know, you thought if you thought Meg was, you know, dishwater, just wait till you meet Beth and Beth's just kind of floating around the house like a ghost. And then yes. she gets sick and you're like, oh, geez, Beth, it's like, what a role. But then she gets that. I mean, that scene and, you know, that with Joe at the end, you know, I could be brave like you. I, my life is before oh. and after Beth saying I could be brave like you. That was incredible. Yeah. And I was like, we need more Claire Danes in our lives. I mean, she's one of the she's one of the best criers. That little chin tremble when she's over at the Hummels and they yep. hand her that baby. Oh, oh my god. When I read in the trivia that that was real. That, wow. That that apparently like Claire Danes was starting to get really upset in the scene. And then when they cut, she just started she just burst into tears. And I guess her mom was on set and like said to the director, Well, that'll be good for the scene. She was 15. Yeah, it's crazy to get that. And like perfect little like baby faced Claire Danes as well. Like I just feel because you're right. Beth is kind of this non-character, but she's needed in this. Like I think like every girl like it, you know, I don't know if we played this game when we did the uh, the 2019 version, but like, who are you? Are you a Joe, a Meg, an Amy or a Beth? And I, I do feel like I'm a little bit of all of them. Uh, I don't know if I want to be a Joe, but I feel like I'm a Beth, but I'm also a little bit of Amy too. So it's just like a a hodgepodge. What about you? That is a good question. I feel like I, I mean, yeah, this is like, forget about which sex in the city character you are. You know, it's like, you know, I'm a Marmy, you know, (laughs) I'm a a Hannah. I'm a Hannah. At the end of the day, I'm a Hannah, you know, I'm the doll. Yeah. (laughs) That like big, like bust of a doll. I love that. Yeah. I, um, you know, I, I'm looking at the poster. I feel like it's like Joe reflects the spirit of who I want to be. And Amy reflects who I like it's like Amy and Joe are aspirational in their own ways because Amy ends up with like a rich man and kind of has like a, you know, a comfortable life painting at a, at a big house at the end of her, you know, at the end of the movie. And then there's Meg who has kind of been like playing it safe, you know, and very, you know, modest the whole time and kind of holds herself back and is very reserved, but like, you know, there's a spirit in there, you know, but like, she she keeps it under you know keeps it under the bushel um yeah you know or keeps the keeps the bushel under the under the burlap the bustier yeah <laughs> she keeps the bushel under the bustier under the burlap um <laughs> and then there's Beth who just loves to stay home and I, you know pet her cats and pet I her mean, all those truly. cats yeah yeah so I feel like it's kind of like rising moon rising sun it's kind yes. of like we're all you know in the end we were all little women but we're all you know they represent parts of all of us maybe yeah i think it's more of a percentage rather than like just one or two of them i don't think anyone is one i don't think anyone's like a true charlotte or a true miranda either too like your, your pieces of like all four of them right it's either i think that's totally it i think you're parts of all of them and i think you you're you're most like one and you yearn to be most like another you know yeah oh my goodness i mean where to start here i don't i don't know how to dive into this um well help me out 
Well, so Little Women, you know, it's about, you know, it's about the March sisters and their mother, Marmy, uh, who are, you know, in post-Civil War Massachusetts. Their father is out, is at war. So I don't know what war he's at. Maybe, yeah. maybe he was at the Civil War, but then later when he gets home, it becomes post-Civil War. So this there is a go. bit of a, you know, uh, spanning a time period here. And, you know, it's it, what I and everybody knows this because the book is 88 years old. But like what I love is, you know, throughout it, we're seeing Joe March played by Academy Award nominee. Right. Winona Ryder. Mm-hmm. For this role. Yes. Um, we're seeing her as the storyteller and this, you know, this writer of these fantasy stories. And, and she has a huge imagination and she puts on these plays with her sisters and she's just I certainly like, you know, there, there's a part of me that as a kid certainly identifies with with the way Joe was, you know, was just hungry to tell stories. And and then ultimately she's like, OK, well, that's it. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be this. This is who I'm going to be. I'm going to be this writer and I'm going to write these crazy stories. And and ultimately, you know, those are not, the, you know, nobody wants to read those stories and the stories yeah. that people eventually want to read are the ones that we spend the past two hours watching and yes. so i kind of love the the frame at the end of like oh we just watched joe's first book yeah it's beautiful i mean i love winona writer as joe i just i think she is like a tour de force in this um i i think there's i watched her a little bit closely uh or closer this time around too um, cause I do think there's like, like, she's obviously the same actress the whole way through, but I do think there's a little bit of, like you're saying too, like the, the, the wild imagination and allowing herself to be almost just as whiny as Amy, you know, it's like, it's interesting because I feel she's second born, you know, I feel like it's Meg, Joe, Beth, and Amy, at least in mm-hmm. my head. And that Joe and Amy are the ones who clash because they are in ways kind of, uh, kindred spirits I guess they both crave like a like a bigger life than they have um, but they also are women too so they, they both have to hatch their plans of what that'll look like and Amy you know she says it when she's young Amy I guess that she's gonna marry Mi- which <laughs> <Witch. laughs> I was gonna say Mitch and then I just like flipped it, it upside down to a W uh, she's gonna marry Rich and that Joe is just going to figure it out, I guess. I, I think Joe is one of my favorite, like, women in fiction of all time. She's, like, right up there with, um, like, Elizabeth and um, Pride and Prejudice, you know, for kind of going with that theme, too. They, they, they are very similar characters in a lot of ways, too, and also Four Sisters. Um, I mean, yeah. I, that was one of the thoughts I had was like, wow, the ways in which this reminds me of Pride yeah. and Prejudice. And For sure. even, you know, I would say that that Laurie is no uh, Mr. Darcy. Ben? Darcy. He's no Mr. Darcy. He's certainly much nicer. But, you know, I, I feel like uh, there is a way in which Meg, for example, has a bit of a our girl's journey. What's her name? Charlotte yeah. has a bit of a Charlotte's journey of like, well, I, you know, I, I, I don't want to be single. I want to, you know, uh, yeah. we kind of see that in both narratives of like the necessity of marriage versus our main character of Joe or Elizabeth being more focused on like the passion of, of marriage and, and being much more independent. 
Yeah. And um, Rosamund Pike is Jane. I think Charlotte is the one that we love. Charlotte That's has what no I mean. prospects. Oh, That's what you I mean. meant that. Oh, oh okay. Sorry. I, I'm mixing things up because indeed there are the four sisters. You could compare the March sisters to the Bennett sisters. Yes. But I just look for any opportunity to talk about Charlotte. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really no just prospects. Yeah. Any chance, you know. She's already a burden to her mother. Exactly. She's 27 years old. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I just, um, you were saying something, uh, I lost my train of thought because I was looking up the Pride and Prejudice characters, but, um, oh, Laurie, I have to say this, like, I think Christian Bale was, like, very much a formative sort of, like, romantic interest of mine in, like, my early middle school and high school years. I was, like, I, I was, like, enamored with him, and I think he's so charming in this movie, um, but he's also the worst. Like, I don't really like Laurie. Like you said, he's not a Darcy. He's He doesn't feel good at the end. And I hate that facial hair of his. But I think it's maybe intentional because it's just so gross. Um, yeah. So in a way, him and Amy are kind of meant for each other. I think Joe would have maybe pushed him to be a better man sooner, I guess. But I think they would have just been like two wild animals. Like, like you know, in that scene... Where she's like, we'd kill each other. Like it's it's not a match. Like he has fun with her because he likes to have fun. And I think he does love her, but I don't think Joe Joe just has different dreams. She didn't want to be with him. I can't go and just be a wife, is what she said. I love that line. I think yeah, I think Joe is uh, he she's out of Lori's, you know, uh league. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I think that he's and from the beginning, of course, when we meet him, I mean, he's so cute and he just, yeah. I, and I love the fact that he's got nineties hair. You know what I mean? Yes. I just, I, yeah. Oh, that wedge. He's so nineties hot. I, uh, yes, this would have, this would have pushed so many buttons for me when I was, I guess this came out when I was nine. So, but I probably wouldn't have seen it till I was on HBO when I was like 11 or 12, but yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. So hot and, and so cute and so charming. And I kind of feel like what's interesting about Laurie is earlier in the story. I really, I loved him. I loved his friendship with Joe. I loved yeah. the way he became kind of, you know, I certainly saw it. I was, I know, and I know this isn't what it is, but I put my own lens on it of like, Oh, He's like the little gay who's friends with all the little girls, you know, and they're all playing yeah. make believe together. And I was like, I love this. And it was like, I never, I mean, I know something will get romantic eventually, but I certainly don't need it to. But he's, you know, he's very much a charming uh, figure in the early parts of the story. And I think in particular at, I guess it's the, um, at the gardeners that like, that, that debutante ball or that whatever that that big party they went to where he was hiding out in the other room and then they ran into each other uh mm -hmm. i felt like joe and laurie had like such incredible chemistry in that scene yeah and i think that's really kind of what he mistakes i don't want to say he mistakes it for love because i think he does care for her but like the proposal in itself is so interesting because he's like we you know we're a good match like it it makes sense for us to get married and he says that he's loved her ever since he's clamped eyes on her i love how he says that like all out of breath mm -hmm. um but i i don't know if he's ever thought it through and i think she tries to say that to him too she's like let's just like think about this logically for like a second 
But I, I think he's just too young and stupid. And he's also like this man of privilege that doesn't really know what the real world is like. And he doesn't have any direction either. But all that said, he's, they're really like, yeah, they have great chemistry. They're really great friends, but he can't see that that's all that they are until it's kind of too late. Yeah. It's, you know, and, and of course I, and I'm sure there's been so many takes on this, but like, until the end, the ways in which Joe March just reads as a golden fashion lesbian, you know what I mean? Yes. And like, and yes. that's what I love the most was like the idea of like, yeah, what if it's just like gently weaved in there that like, and even by the end, I mean, there's a way in which, sure, it's a very romantic ending, but I kind of love the idea that Joe and Friedrich, it's a marriage of like, well, you know, not want to say convenience, but it's like, you know, well, let's open the school together. You know, I need somebody who can teach. Like even the way that even the, the romantic ending with with Friedrich is kind of like, well, you want the job, you know? And so like I, Joe has such a like she knows exactly what she wants or at least she she doesn't stop pursuing it. Whereas, yeah, Lori is just kind of like putzing around. And I feel like Lori is a classic example of like the hot guy who looks like Prince Charming. And then after like six months, he's just like sitting on the couch being like, Hey, can you get me another beer? And he's not that cute anymore. And it's like, well, can you get back on your white horse and go do something with yourself? You know? Yeah. I, even this movie, I don't, I, I don't like the ending. It just feels shoehorned in for some reason. It's like, well, she's the only sister left that hasn't like died or like married right. someone. So, and I feel like her and Gabriel, Gabriel Byrne have zero chemistry. I'm sorry. It's like, especially after seeing Lori and Joe, um, I mm. just feel it's, it's such an interesting casting and maybe he was kind of like hot in the nineties, not hot. I mean, I think he's handsome, but I also think he looks like the devil to me. I don't know <laughs> why he scares me. I don't know what movie he was in that makes me think that. Was he in some horror movie or He was I... in Hereditary, but you're I right. I remember that. He played I think the devil in the movie End of Days oh, in geez, 1999. I don't... I don't know. Something in my brain just it feels like he doesn't belong in this movie and I don't know if I needed like a Colin Firth type or someone just to like kind of fit in there. Um, but it doesn't work for me. You're right. I, I, I don't think that she needs to be with anyone in the end. And I think they were kind of doing that or kind of leaning into that a little bit in the 2019 version too, but you know, it's still the same story. That was my sense. It was like, I don't remember there being any love interest for Joe in the end of the Greta Gerwig version. But in this one, even like seeing that Gabrielle Byrne was in the casting, I was like, Oh, I, 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 what I, I did not think that he would be a love interest. I mean, there's like a, 21 year age difference which is fine but i and there's a world where you could say like oh someone like joe needs to be with a guy who like has his head on his shoulders so like that's not a problem but it's just when they meet it's like i'm not seeing oh like you know the the, the button has found its eye hole i'm seeing like this much older German guy with a strangely Irish accent hitting on Joe March, you know? Yeah, I, it just, I, I never liked it and I don't think I ever will. And I'm, he's a talented actor, but I, I'm just not digging it. 
Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. I I hear you. It was uh, and I I kind of forgot because I saw his name in the cast list. I was like, okay, and then you know he doesn't come in till like an hour or something in. I was like, oh, oh yeah, what are you doing here? And I don't. Yeah. I think if you took his character out, yeah, you really, you really don't need it. And I love I love an ending. I love the the idea of the ending being Joe turning you know Aunt March's uh, old house into a school, and I. I think there's a version of this story where like, yeah, there is a character of bear, but like a Friedrich, whatever, but he's not a love interest. Maybe, maybe they're both kind of like coded gay, you know? Yeah. And maybe there is a marriage of convenience, but it's what they call a Boston marriage, right? There we go. Yeah. I feel like he's more of like a, a writing mentor to her, like just someone who she can look up to and trust and you know he's she's kind of his muse in a way uh or vice versa even like yeah i that is more exciting to me i feel um a correction of boston marriages between two women but you know what i'd also like to see that for joe march right that that's (laughs) how i change this is let's change everything you just said it's you know uh friedrich being this this mentor and this kind of like writing partner but instead of it being gabrielle byrne what if it's played by, I mean, I guess in 1994, I mean, quantum casting, it's Olivia Coleman, you know, obviously. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Can you imagine at the end, then she's like, so do you want to come teach at my school? And Olivia Coleman goes, oh, you know, she does her little like Oscar, yes. Oscar speech thing. She blows some raspberries yep. and then she hugs her. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> oh, well, I guess so. <laughs> yeah. Um, who, me? <laughs> it would be great. She falls uh, in the mud. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, or maybe it, maybe back in 1984, it would have been like um, Fiona Shaw. Oh, that would be lovely. Yeah, yeah. She's a little older, a little bit older than Winona. It would work. Yeah, yeah. Probably do a great German accent. Yes, of course she could. Yeah. Oh, can you imagine? Oh, think about that. If Little Women, if the only thing they changed was that Friedrich was a German woman played by Fiona Shaw. <laughs> oh. My God, this movie would be, it's so good. But can you imagine if it was that? Yeah, it's like so near perfect except for that ending. So that would be the perfect way to button this up. Oh, I, cause I just, you know, I, for some, like Winona Ryder, for some reason, I always, I always sell her short in my mind. And then I see her and stuff and it's like, no, she's great. And, yeah. and when I saw that she got nominated for an Oscar for this, I was like, oh, okay, well, what does she do? But she's really, she's so lovely in this. But I, I think it's, I think what I love the most about her is like how she plays lesbian subtext in, in the character of Joe March. I don't know how she does it, but I, it reads without ever being like over the top, like I'm butch, you know? Oh yeah. I mean, just the fact that she talks about being a man and how she would live her life as a man for like, not a good part of the movie, but she mentions it a lot in the, like the first 45 minutes and cutting her hair and Mm -hmm. the way she like kind of growls through the line, like I hate money and like is grabbing her hat. And it's just like, yeah, it fits. Yeah. It's just, and I love, I mean, if someone were to really like expand the story, I want to see like into like a a mini series. I want to see like multiple episodes of Joe March in New York. You know, yeah, I I wouldn't mind if this was like a three hour movie or like you said, a miniseries. And I know there are different reincarnations and, you know, 
it almost feels like a star is born. I feel like there's so many different casts and it is kind of fun to cast throughout the like I was going to say who would be in it now, but I feel like 2019 was so fresh that it's kind right. of just like, oh, it is. And I don't know enough young actresses. Like, I'm just out of the game. Like, I only know 40 and above at this point. But, um, yeah, I, I want to see them. Like, Catherine Hepburn's in one of them. Like, right. And Elizabeth Taylor's in another one. I don't know if it's the same one, but I that would be a fun little uh, voyage to, to take. Like a like little women in the seventies, little women in the eighties, like you yeah. know, yeah. Who who would be in that cast? Yeah. Well, you know, it's like I feel like Beth is very much a Sandy Dennis kind of character. Oh yeah, for you sure. Know? And I feel like honestly, like Claire Danes was giving me. There were just lots of little nuances where I was like, "Ooh, this is like this is like Sandy Dennis level of work." Like I have to say, just to go back to Miss Beth, like loved Winona deserved the Oscar nomination made me really appreciate her but like I think that Claire Danes I know that I said Kirsten Dunst was my BSA I love Kirsten Dunst and she's so funny but Beth you know Claire Danes does some like that Christmas when they reveal the piano (gasps) are you kidding me are you are you you kidding me are Are you you kidding me me, Bethany (laughs) yes I mean journey that she goes on I can't. I'm already crying as they're lining up because I knew it was coming. And she kind of just like laughs through her tears in this yep. sort of like open mouth sob. And, you know, Mr. What's-His-Face from next door, like Mr. Lawrence, mm-hmm. gives that little speech about how it's going to make music again and it belonged to his daughters. And I'm just a puddle on the floor. Oh, <sighs> it's so good. It's so beautiful. And I just, I think... Again, like, you know, kind of keeping eyes on on different characters, you know, each time you watch, I feel like the Beth story is so, I mean, it is, it seems so kind of like, you know, like in Pride and Prejudice, there is those two, there's the, the two sisters that I, that are always yeah. giggling that I don't like. And they're kind of like the minor sisters, you know, and yep. it's easy to look at like Beth as certainly a more of a minor sister, but I think... Uh, partially or in large part because of Claire Dane's performance, I think that she's like some of the most kind of, I don't know, emotionally affecting parts of the movie Mm -hmm. involving Beth. I totally agree. There's one scene it's right after um, Joe refuses Lori and Beth is sort of comforting her. And it's when adult Amy comes in. I think adult, yeah, adult Amy comes in to tell, um, she's like, um, Aunt March is going to Paris or France. Mm. And she's like, France. Um, and she sits back down and she just says something like, well, she's taking me instead. And the only line Beth has during that whole scene is, oh, that's all she says is, oh. And mm-hmm. it's so packed with like nothing and everything at the same time because she's just kind of there. Like she's, so crucial to this story and and ways like really steals the show um but also is capable of being quiet and just delivering a lot without saying much yeah i i think that she it's like i think between the the scene with the baby and the, the piano you know, the piano scene and then the bed scene towards the end i mean like rivaling amy adams and june bug it's just I was just like, wow, Claire Danes, you're, you know, and of course we, we've talked about her in the family stone. We've talked about her in the hours, but like, I, 
I just love her. I just I know. Love she's emerging her. for us. She that is emerging line, for us. Yeah. She's like, I just love I love being home, but I don't like being left behind. And now I'm the one moving forward. I can't. It's oh. just Oh my god. Like, it would be the easiest thing in the world to sit there and just cry with her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I it's yeah. so it's so emotionally intense. And I love that, like, you know, people talked about this with, like, Homeland, that Claire Danes had, like, just such a, you know, an ugly crying face. And I was like, that's what I want. Like, crying is not a pretty thing. Like, God bless Meryl that she can make it look so good. But that's because she's Meryl Streep. Like, yeah, the rest of us, it's not pretty. It's blotchy. It's weird mouth shapes. It's bad noises. And I appreciate that Claire Danes goes there. Like, that's what I'm looking for is like ugly crying. And, you know, Viola with the boogers, like that's what we're here for. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I have in my notes, I'll never forgive the Hummels for what they did to Beth. I'm like, fry the Hummels. That's what Joe says at one point. She's like, oh, fry the Hummels. Like, who cares about them? And they killed our Beth. And I hate that. The poor Hummels. I did. I And I feel like it helped, I think, maybe because this obviously happened in the Greta Gerwig version. But watching it this time, it's like if you weren't paying close attention to the dialogue, you would miss, like, why are they leaving the house with all their food? Because you don't see yeah. them go to the Hummels and bring the food. You just see them, like, singing and, and running into, you know, Mr. Lawrence and Laurie. Um, but I, that was just, like, one of those details where it's like, wait, what's what's going on with the Hummels? And then, yeah. Yeah. Cause we don't, we don't see them until the baby scene, I think. Yeah, for sure. I, I think Marmy has a line about it and then, you know, yeah. And then they give up their Christmas breakfast for the Hummels. They give it to them, but yeah, that's their, our first introduction. It's so stressful. Um, yeah. Cause obviously the mother is just like, my baby, something's wrong. There's a fever. Can you help me? She doesn't speak a lick of English. And Beth is just like, you know, she reacts the way oh. I would react at 15. Yeah, that, that, I mean, that was just like, and I, we don't really ever find out what happens to the Hummels, but given the hovel that the Hummels are living in. Oh, God. Yeah. They're not with us anymore. I no. don't think they're with us anymore. I think that maybe that, maybe that baby spread that scarlet fever all around. I don't know. Yeah. And I do love that Beth is still able to, be as silly as she can be with the girls. You know what I mean? She doesn't, um, I think Amy wants to be like the the princess or something. And she's like, well, you could be my part. And she's like, you don't have any lines, but that's exactly the kind of role that Beth needs to have. It's like that episode of Bob's Burger where Bob's Burgers where Tina's like the tree and she only has one line. Wait, don't. And she like, can't do it. All right. <laughs> she's, it's totally Beth energy. And but, like, she's still able to participate, too. And, like, she gets embarrassed. She's like, I never know what to write. Like, don't read mine. And it's like a recipe. <laughs> oh, I love that in their it's kind Pickwick, of funny. their, their yeah. Pickwick social or whatever it is, their little yes. newspaper. Oh, don't read mine. I feel like um, Beth, it's like I think of Beth. I think of Tina from Bob's Burgers. And then I think of, like, Sue Heck from The Middle. I feel like oh, yeah. there's a running theme of these sisters that you love. I do love it. I mean, I I think that's the play that I need to write. Like all the, maybe minus Sue Heck, but all of the sort of like the Charlottes and the Beths of different like <laughs> uh, sister-led, uh, you know, period pieces all in one yeah. room together. The runts of the litters. Yeah. Yeah. Just call it runts. Runts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
burdens. <laughs> yes, really. Uh, oh my goodness. I, I want to talk a little bit more about Amy um, Kirsten in Kirsten Dunst. I know we, we talked about, about it a little bit already too, but you're right. It's like, she really, I remember when I was younger, my cousin Janice, who was, I think like four or five years older than me, she hated Kirsten Dunst and I have no idea why. She's just like, oh, I just don't like her. And that always like stuck in my head. But I always really liked her. She's great in Jumanji. And like she's had such a career, too. Um, but I think this movie would not be like, I don't say it would not be this movie. That sounds dramatic. But like those first the first era of Amy is just so fun to watch. I love her when she fights with Joe. I mean, when she burns that. Oh, my God. Oh, the manuscripts. I was so mad. I was so yeah. mad. And I thought, oh, God, just throw her out the window. There's too many of you, you know, uh, <sighs> which is one thing I will say, even though I've seen this, you've seen, you know, I don't know if I've mentioned, I've seen the 2019 credit version. <laughs> I should mention that at some point, but I, I've always, always thought there were more of them. I always thought there were at least like six of them. Oh, I was only four. I mean, four in a army and an ant, you know, I, I don't know why it seemed like there were more little women than there were, but that being said, it could very easily be three little women and a marmy and an ant if you're going to throw manuscripts in the in the fireplace. Oh, I was like, I just thought of like all the little things I like wrote as a kid. And like, I thought of files that I like that crashed or that I didn't save or things that I yeah. lost. And, and it was things that were just like, nobody threw it away, you know, maliciously or destroyed it maliciously. And I was just like devastated, like the loss. And so I really identified with Joe and I was like, yeah, don't ever forgive her. Like, I hope for the rest of this movie, you don't even look at her. Yeah, she was like Ariana Maddox yelling at Raquel, like, mm -hmm. you're nothing. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh. um, it, but it's great. That's a great, like, little fight scene, too. Like, just sisters beating the shit out of each other. Like, it happens. Yeah. And then you know? it's... Go ahead. Oh, I was saying, well, especially Joe, you know, she's not afraid to throw, throw hands. Yeah. And then it's perfectly balanced with, like you know, a scene or two later when Amy falls into the ice and it sort of brings everyone back, back to home base, you know, like I can never love anyone more than my sisters. And they all just have like 40 cats on oh. them. And I'm like, oh, I want oh a God. sister. I, I, I was like, well, I want all those cats, but sure. A sister. That's great. <laughs> yeah. too. But what about a lot of cats? Yeah. Oh just God. as good. Oh my God. So I love that it, cause it's, it's worth noting that there are a lot of pets in this movie. There is a dog that outlives them all. Uh, oh, yeah. Aunt, Aunt March's dog that just marches on. Uh, and then all these cats that just continue to thrive throughout this movie. So I really love that the marches are animal people. Yeah. Um, there was something else about Amy. I love, like, I'll just say this to myself, like, to no one, because no one gets the reference, but I just always have the urge to say, like, it's nothing but limes now. Just the way that she's, like, it's such, like, it's, like, limes are the silly bands of, like, the yes. 1800s, you know? It's, like, they're the fidget spinners, and, like, I had to Pogs. look up what limes were. What'd you say? Pogs. Yeah. Pogs! <laughs> Yes, so Bob. wait, are these not like lime, like fruits? They are. I think okay. they're like pickled or something. They're sort of like, um, I Googled it because I was like limes, little women, because I figured they were limes, but I just didn't know like what it meant, I guess. Um, I'll read it real quick. Uh, Amy explains that limes are the fashion at her school and that girls have them. Uh, oh, no. 
They're pickled limes, yeah. Key limes cut into chunks, submerged in brine, and allowed to cure for three to four weeks. Wow. My God, you know, these kids, I just, you know, and that was, you know, I'll say this, that was, that was something I noticed, I guess something you noticed in period pieces, it's like, as we were saying, like these limes are, yeah, the pogs, the fidget spinners, like the, the, you know, the, the baseball cards of, of these kids time. And even the way all the girls are like, you know, walking and singing and all of the, just kind of like lots of, lots of walking around and singing. And I thought, well, how is this different than when I put headphones on to listen to music when I go for a walk? And, yeah. you know, it's, oh, everyone just like sits up and reads to each other. And it's like, what the fuck else are you going to do? And I, I guess it's like, I think of it as like, oh my gosh, it's, it, it all seems like so much work just to enjoy yourself. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, but it's yes. funny to just think like, yeah, all of this is not, it's not excessive or over the top. Cause I guess if you really think about it, like, it's probably this probably was normal for people to be doing a lot of singing because like you had no other way of playing music. Yeah. Someone's got to play the piano. Luckily Beth did. Yeah, um, thank God for Beth, you know, cause what yeah. if you don't have a Beth, then you got to just play the spoons, you know? Yeah. And it, it makes perfect sense. Like Amy is the baby of the family. She's the most impatient one. She, you know, it's like, I think the youngest, the second borns or in this case, the first, fourth, borns they're just like built different in a way they're more bold they they whine more they want more because they see their older sisters getting like you said your opening line they get to do everything that she wants to do desperately and that she just can't because she's not old enough yet and that's frustrating right right she's always i mean this is like a, a running gag on the golden girls when like oh we got tickets to see you know uh wayne newton you know but like Sophia's not invited because it's, i don't know because she's not one of the core three she's like dorothy's uh, mom you know yeah and so like you you do kind of become like the uh requisite short straw yeah i mean and amy just amy even had a cold that night so like even if she wanted to go, like if I have a cold, I'm not going anywhere. I'm Even if it go- is cold, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. I'll pretend to have a cold so I don't have to go somewhere. <laughs> and that was to go that night. That was to go see. That was where it was. They went to see the, uh, no, they went to see something with. I thought um, it was an opera because Joe says later that she's never been to one, but I thought she did. Like I thought tickets to something. Right, because it was it was with Meg and John Brooke, played by Eric Stoltz. Yes, and uh, and Joe and Lori. They went on a little a little double date, and that's of course when Meg uh, was that when Meg hurt her ankle. No, that's when they Uh, went. That was earlier on. Yeah, that that was was earlier on when they went to the the dance. Yeah, Um, Yeah. which again also reminded me of Pride and Prejudice when they had that big debutante ball in the beginning and it was like oh my god all of this curtsying and dancing in circles get me out of here but now if i were to watch that pride and prejudice again oh i would slither in like a warm sleeping bag and be like bring on the dancing yes and just like um oh my gosh mr darcy and that like great is it his cousin the one who's just they're standing there like stone-faced <laughs> just like glowering at everyone oh that's right i love that oh God, that's a good movie. She's great. Mm. It's great. Yeah. Oh my goodness. All these period pieces you're making me watch. I'm making you watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You're getting me I to know. watch Little Women. This is really uh this is democracy at heart. 
That's right. We're really expanding each other's horizons here. Yeah. Yeah. Reaching across the aisle. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, you know, we haven't talked about Mrs. March. Marmy. Yes. Uh, Marmy. Uh, <laughs> now. <laughs> bring me water. Bring me turnips. Bring me water. Marmy. Bring me turnips, Marmy. <laughs> yeah. Um, for some reason, and maybe this was my read in the 2019 version, because I don't know if I mentioned I'd seen that, but I've always gotten the read that, like, Marmy isn't their mother. She's just, like, like they're the boxcar children and she's just the woman who's been taking care of them. And I don't know if it's just because I never really understood why they called her Marmy. And then I read the trivia and apparently it was just because like Louisa May Alcott was just like, uh, I feel like it's spelled M-A-R-M-E-E, but really she's saying mommy with an accent. Gotcha. No, I mean, that's, I kind of dig that logic because it is, yeah, I I can totally see why you think that. Um, but in this case, I you know I guess they she is her mom. Uh, yeah, gave birth to him. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's it's really interesting to compare Laura Dern and Susan Sarandon too because I remember the year this came out was the same year as Marriage Story, and we were like, I'd rather see Laura Dern win for Little Women rather than Marriage Story. But I I think Susan Sarandon has a a bigger part in this. Then it's like what they gave to Amy in the 2019 version, they gave to Susan Sarandon in this version. I agree. I think it's a bigger media role in this version. I feel like the only thing that was different was there was like, there's that scene in the attic in the 2019 version. And there was that scene where like Saoirse Ronan was like, women, you know, like women. And I feel like there's a line where Mrs. Marmy's like, I'm tired. And I feel like we didn't mm-hmm. get that in this version, but it feels like something that would be in a 2019 version. Like that feels appropriate or like a marking of a 2019 update, you know, um, yeah. to have conversations like that. But I I thought Susan Strain was great in this. I thought she just like, she's just so lovely. She's just like, what a nice lady. I just thought she was such a nice lady. <laughs> it's true. And I do love this idea of her being like, both of her parents being like transcendentalists and just like kind of being like hippie moms, like a hippie mom and dad that doesn't really buy the bullshit. Like even when she's talking to John or Mr. Brooks and how she's like, well, yes, my daughters are a little bit like, I think he's throwing some shade a little bit. He's like, well, your daughters are quite active, Mrs. March. And she's like, yeah, bitch, what of it? Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) (laughs) yeah really it's like she's such a big feminist in so many ways and supports her daughters in whatever they want I think she's a fucking great mom who works hard and has a really good heart and like makes an impact in the community and knows just what to say and like I I love when she comes home and she helps Beth like Ah, when she comes back like the first time around and she's like, mm-hmm. uh, she's like, Joe, get me some vinegar and water and a cloth. And she's like, Meg, my kit. <laughs> Just like, yeah. I'm like, she's got it. She's got it. Everyone she's... get out of the room. Right. Because I know I feel like up until <laughs> that point, it was like no one could really help Beth, you know, get better. And then as soon yeah, as Marmy got there. Yeah. Yeah. Even Hannah was like, oh, Hannah, go lay worthless. down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, but Marmy came in and she was like, I got this. So it's like ultimately... I, because I, that's also an interesting idea of like, at this point, how old do you think Marmy is supposed to be? You know, like if we, if we suggest that like Meg is at the beginning of the the story, what, probably 
18 I, at the most, you know? You know what? It's I started I've started to read Little Women probably about as many times as I've seen this uh, movie and and don't get past the first Christmas scene. I'm like, I got it. I'm done. Yeah. Um but I just started rereading it again this week and I think the ages are like 16, 14, 13 and like 10 or something like that. I think Meg is 16. I think that's oh, the cat there. I, I want to say that, but I could be wrong. That makes sense. I mean, like, at the time, it's like I'm thinking 18s, 18 back then and 18 now are very different. So that yeah, makes sense. For sure. But the idea that, like, Marmy is probably about at the top of the at the top of the the you know bracket around our age you know yep. um so just that too i don't know i guess i guess i when i think about like oh which little women character am i it's like well i guess at this point i would want to be mostly like mrs march i'd want to be that capable and i'd want to be that like i don't know esteemed you know what i mean I'd, yeah. i i feel like i admire what she's done or admire who she's become and, and the Laura Dern version as well. Like I think they're, it's such interesting casting. I think of for each time period, like casting Susan Sarandon in, the, in 1994. I mean, at this point it's like, I feel like Thelma and Louise maybe came out the same year around the same time. Interesting. And so it's like, she just had like, you know, and then she was in dead mad walking, I think a year or two later. And she had been mm-hmm. in um, the witches of Eastwick. And, you know, so it was like Susan Sarandon. It's such a, it, it, I don't know. It's such a deliberate choice to cast Susan Sarandon in a period piece as Marmy March. And I kind of feel the same way about Laura Dern in 2019. Yeah, I feel like Susan Sarandon was kind of the star in a way, too. Like um, her and like Gabriel Byrne, I think, are like the top build on IMDb or something. Or they're at least the first two names that pop up. Right. I feel like she's top build. Yeah. 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 Which I, I love. Um yeah, I just think Marmy is the fucking coolest. Like, I just, and you know, like, she never pressures these girls. Like, she's just like, whatever you want, you want. And, like, you know, I love that scene with Meg and um, Joe, and she's brushing Joe's hair, and she's like, well, there's only one thing. Like, 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 why c- can Lori do all this stuff? And it's like, well, he's a man. And, you know, she says something about maybe it's just her and Joe later where she's and it's kind of like that attic speech, but like you're you're good at so many things. Like, of course, it's going to be difficult for you to nail down what you want to do. She's just kind of calling out the obvious, but not really trying to steer her in one direction, which I think is just really helpful advice, especially from your mother. And like whatever way you fall is where you land. And even the way she says at the very end wouldn't this have made a lovely school? She's like, what a challenge that would be. And she sort of, she like gives her a kiss on the cheek. Yeah. And I'm just like, ah, oh. she knows exactly <laughs> what she's doing. Yeah. And, yes. and it's like, and she, I feel she also knows at that point, like the moment that she said school, I think she knew that Joe was off to the races. You know what I mean? And so it was so her saying what a challenge that would be was kind of like a hidden way of saying like, yes, go for it. Good idea. Um, and also like yeah. earlier when, when Amy's teacher strikes her hands for having the limes and she takes her out of the school and was like, do you think that you could, you know, uh, be schooled, you know, homeschooled like, yourself as Beth has and learn from home. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you. And I was like, well, shit. Okay. What? I think that's a really cool read that in many ways, like the marches, but in particular, Marmy is like a hippie mom. She very much. Yeah. So yeah. She's um, awesome. And I cry pretty much anytime she's crying in the movie like even when she says that their father has been wounded i'm like hugging you know oh. lucy on the couch i just need a moment and 
when she talks to Joe, when she's finally coming home to visit Beth and she's like, I think she's waited for you too. And she can't say pass and just breaks down. Oh, yeah. Oh, she's just, she is very good at talking through tears, which of course brings us to the most important question is what is your relationship with stepmom? I've never seen it. Oh, not even like one scene. I maybe seen a clip or two and I'm, I know uh, everyone out there gasping. No one's surprised by the way, but um, yeah, I know I need to, but I need to be in a room by myself with like, mm-hmm. you know, just a horde of tissues. Yeah. It's definitely, it's not as brown as one fine day, but it's got some of those <laughs> autumnal colors. Yeah, uh, one fine day. Uh, oh my God, the brownest movie that's ever been made. Yes. Everything about it's brown. But, um, <laughs> and it unfortunately has Jenna Malone in it, who's always just like, mm, and like then finally warms up at the end. But I mean, Ed Harris. And actually, Julia Roberts has some, she has a great scene in a restaurant. Um, mm. I I had not, I think we did an All Right Mary episode on it like a yeah, years ago. Yeah, I think I remember yeah, it was like the first time I had seen it. But oh, I mean, I don't know what the BSA lens is for this movie, but like we might just need to do it anyway sometime. Yeah, it's a month really... of crying. Yes, <laughs> like a, like a tearjerker's month. I think that'd be really fun. Yeah, I'm um, down. I'm down. Oh, st- but anyway, Susan Sarandon is is great in it. Oh, um, and you'll definitely you get a lot of good crying out of that. So um, yeah. Yeah, well, there you go. Um, but anyway, uh, you know, we've come all this way and we have barely lit a candle for Miss Mary Wicks. I know. I mean, I texted you, or maybe I mean, said it on the podcast that, like, again, another difference between 2019 and this version is, you know, we got Meryl in the 2019 as Aunt March, which I do love. Um, and, but then we got Mary Wicks and like at this point too, it's like, she is that, that crabby old miser. Um, one of my favorite lines that I say, of course, to no one is Josephine, there's a draft. And then the dog starts to bark. I love that. Anytime a door is open and I'm cold, I I just think that to myself. So I'll just keep doing it. Yeah, yeah. please. I feel like I have the, the rattle I have in my head is when Lori asks her if, um, Amy and her boyfriend, whatever his name was, if they're engaged, says, are they engaged yet? She goes, not yet. And I feel like <laughs> that sticks with not me. Yet. Not yet. Oh, it's so good. I, I love like another, you know, she just has these zingers. She's very much sort of, yeah, there's not really a moment there. I think the longest moment is her and Marmy having tea or something too. But, um, when they're decorating like the piano, like for the big reveal, she's like, no, no, one bow is enough, which is like such a line that like Aunt March would say. And that maybe people listen to her and maybe they don't. But right. I. Right. Yeah. Yeah. She's I mean, yeah, the scene when she's having tea with with Marmy and then like Joe is is like yelling and she's like, oh, God, like covering her covering her ear, like partially covering her ear while Joe is yelling for, I think, for Beth or for. Um, yeah. For Meg, I think, uh, for about Meg. the gloves. Yeah. yeah, for Meg, about the gloves. Right, right. Oh, and I love that when she was like, oh, she can't go. She doesn't have the gloves. The gardeners are very high society. Um, I, yes. I, uh, well, and by the way, 
not to take away from Mary Wicks, but on the topic of the gardeners, because I don't really, I don't really remember those characters well. Um, but I do need to note that the woman who plays Mrs. Gardner, Rebecca Tulin, has truly the worst IMDb picture I've ever seen. Oh, I need to see it. Wait, I, I don't know who this character is. Let me look this up. Is she one of the younger ones that like? She, no, Belle is the younger one. And then I think her okay. mother is Mrs. Gardner. But I don't, re- they are introduced at some point at that like, that big dance where that red haired guy was pursuing Joe and then she ran into Lori. Okay. Look. I was just Bell. saying these names like you knew these people because. Whoa. <laughs> what is happening? I know. And she has other pictures. It's not like the only thing Rebecca Tulin's ever been in is, you know, uh, traction. Like she's got other pictures, but for some reason folks at home, the, her IMDb picture is of her in a hospital bed with a breathing tube on, I think it's in a movie or a TV show, but you know, basically like they're all, but holding the mirror up under her nose to see if she's still alive. She's been it's in so 60, funny. 63 things. She's been in 63 wow. things and they couldn't find one more picture of her other than her final moments in some TV. Jesus. Movie. I mean, I love IMDb just for that. Yeah, That's between great. that and Patty Lapone's new picture, I don't know what to make of it. She's got a new one. Well, no, it's that old one, that that terrible old one. Oh that... yeah, like Life Goes On era. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, yeah. yes, yes. Oh, it's so bad. Oh what my is god, going on there, Rebecca Tulin. Oh, it's so. Oh, I figured it out this is from an episode of the X Files she was in. Oh my god, <laughs> Lord, it's with oh. There's so many great pictures of Rebecca Tulin from that episode of the X-Files. There is a great picture of her that would have made a beautiful IMDb photo, but instead she's intubated and verified on IMDb. <laughs> God, I love that. That's a good catch. I I, I never paid any mind. I thought you were going to mention um, just, it's like, I don't know. She feels like someone out of cruel intentions, like the the one she's like, Beth, she's like, Meg, I have to tell you, this is an afternoon dress. And I... she's like, I'm going to make you my pet. Like, yes. Her. Yeah. Yes. I'm so glad you brought her up. That was Sally Moffat. Yes. Um, and, and she was, I believe that she was in New York. I think that's when. But anyway, yeah. yeah. It was like she, what, the first time, I think it's maybe before, yeah, I don't know where that takes place, but yeah, go on. But yeah, indeed, it's like, she seems like she's going to be kind of like a jerk, but she seems, she kind of like takes Joe under her wing a little bit. It's like, oh, I'm going to, you know, because uh, there's that whole thing about how the March family doesn't wear silk because they don't believe in slavery. Yeah. And so, and I kind of felt like, oh, I thought Sally was going to be a jerk, but she ended up being kind of a friend to Joe. To Meg, yeah. Oh, to Meg. Excuse That's me. That's okay. This is, this is all. This is all Meg. Meg, Meg, Meg. I forgot there was it's a bit of a about, Meg. It's all chapter. about Meg. It's all about, it's all Meg. about limes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's all about limes these days. It's all yeah. limes now. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I. You're right. It's like she has mean girl energy, but she uses it for good. Um, this is when she goes to Boston. That's what it is. When she goes to yeah, and I do love Boston. the line when uh, she's like, Meg says all that about like silk and uh she's like the poor are always with us it's just like such a rich white person thing to say Mm -hmm. yeah um i loved it but i i am glad that meg got that moment i'm glad like i think that's we we really didn't dig into meg really it's like um so i want to give her a little bit of a moment 
I think really it's like she is, uh, she does have Jane energy. I think both of them are practically the same character in which she, I think she's really, I love that she's an older sister to Joe. I think Joe needs someone like that, that um, kind of plays along with what she is expected to do. And she knows that the responsibility of finding a rich husband is kind of hers alone because Joe is such a firecracker. Um, which makes me love the choice of her dating and ultimately marrying a poor man too because of the support of Marmy, even though it kind of is a risky choice to marry uh, Mr. Brooks instead of, you know, anyone else really. So I do love the fact that she got a taste for that and is able to sort of unpack that in bed with Marmy and Joe. Like I, I liked the attention and Marmy's like, well, who wouldn't? Like, it's just, I don't know. There's just such healthy conversations going on between those three. Um, but I do like her as a sort of companion to Joe and a, a sidekick, a much toned down sidekick. And at times, yes, not as exciting, but still, again, necessary. Well, I think she's also like a very like stabilizing energy. Like, I think when, yeah. um, when Joe comes home from New York and then she sees that, um, that Meg is pregnant. Like when she first sees Meg, like I had this feeling of like, Oh, Meg, like that's the sister yep. who's going to like, like what's go like Meg knows what's going on. You know, like Meg's, I think Meg is, Meg is probably very similar to Marmy in some ways is that, then that she's like very quietly and calmly on top of shit. You know, like I feel like that's a way in which like she, cause she's also the oldest. So she's kind of had to also, yeah take on responsibilities as she's gotten older and you and you can sense that in subtle ways that she's you know if marmy's not available she's kind of like the next best mom figure yeah it's like in many ways beth on paper is the daughter that stayed home mm -hmm. but meg is the daughter that stayed home absolutely beth is the daughter that loves to stay home that had to stay yeah that loves to stay home but no meg is a classic example of the sister who stayed home absolutely yeah um mm -hmm. and and it's just worth mentioning i don't know much about the actress trini alvarado but her imdb picture looks like they took a picture of her at bingo uh but <laughs> so i, I just thought i'd mention that but uh, oh, and, you know, a fun connection to the podcast is that she was in five episodes of the Staircase miniseries. <gasps> Love the fuck. Never been, <laughs> Never fucked, been fucked. But like to try it. But I, I can't mean, wait to try it. If that's not Meg March's story, I don't know what is, you know. Yeah, we need, <laughs> <laughs> we need to get that in our next like iteration of like the intro. You know yes, what I mean? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. For folks who don't know, this is. Um, our, our, you know, our pal, Juby, Ju yeah, Julie Klausner talking about the staircase podcast and the letter that the, the guy had apparently written to somebody saying, love to fuck, never been fucked, but willing to, I mean, we, we can never really, it never really matters what the end of that is. Yeah. It's just the love to fuck, never been fucked, but it doesn't really matter the rest. <laughs> you got a big dick guy. I think that's one of the, like the texts or something. <laughs> it's so good. Um, I, I also want to say that I think uh, Trini Alvarado has big, um, your favorite, Andy McDowell energy. I mean, I'm so glad. God forbid. Can you imagine? Now, as much as I would love a version of Little Women where Joe falls in love with, or just has a Boston marriage with Fiona Shaw and they open a school together in Massachusetts, as much as I would love that, I would dislike 
in equal proportion the casting of Andy McDowell as Meg. I just yeah. can you imagine if the March sisters were played by Andy McDowell, Mary Steenburgen, <laughs> let's see, um Diane yeah, Keaton who are as our... Joe. Diane Keaton, of course, as Joe. Yes, of course. Um and then who okay, wait, no, we have to cast them. Go okay, so Diane Keaton is Joe. And then Meg is played by Andy McDowell. And then yeah. Mary Steenburgen is kind of an Amy. And then who yeah. would play like an, a, a sickly Beth? Ooh. Maybe like a... Hmm. Do you know the actress Mary Gross? Maybe her. Uh, I'll look her up. Yeah, you'll know her by face. You've seen her in things. I feel like that's where I'm going to go. Is like Oh, Mary... I could see that. Yes. Yeah. Oh, who, what was she in that we covered? Oh, uh, what was um, she in? The sh- she was in. Oh, oh you God. know what she's in? Uh, she's in the Santa Claus. That's that's how I know her, which is the weirdest reference. But um, she plays the therapist. Oh, she plays the teacher of the kid because they called him in for a parent teacher conference. And the kid's like, I swear we went to the North Pole. We even saw elves. And she's like, we don't say elves. They're called little people because she's like very soft spoken. Yeah. because uh, She's Mary Gross. Yeah. 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 I like that. I like that. Did we do a movie with Mary Gross? I don't think we did. I think that was just as soon as I saw her face, I couldn't place that she was from the Santa Claus, and I yeah. figured it out. But we've I, talked I better on. So. Oh, 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 oh! She did play the sitcom parent in the Evening Star, but I think. Oh she my did. gosh! I don't even remember <laughs> anything from the Evening Star. Oh, I know. I remember her from that, but because I know we've talked about an All Right Mary a couple times, but I. Yeah. So I can verify that we have, in fact talked about at some point mary gross on this podcast potentially all right mary gross all right mary gross yeah (laughs) uh so anyway oh she was in one episode of judging amy do you think maybe that's also where you saw her uh yeah i love that show i know you love that show yeah you have that of course you have like three only amy can judge me (laughs) yeah only amy can judge me um but anyway that's oh that's really fun yeah it's kind of like um it's like Little Women casting and Steel Magnolias casting. I feel like, you know, those are <gasps> yeah, fun there's templates. similar energy. Yeah. I, I cry just as much in both movies. So Yeah, this go. is really your uh Well, I that's why I think, you know, I think Stepmom is really gonna just be right in the pocket for you of just like hitting the nerve. Yeah, it's gonna send me over the edge, but I can't wait. I love a good cry. Oh. I just love him. I I just this is exactly what I needed. I cried. I I cried at the, like the score opening mm. up. Like I, it's, mm-hmm. just, it's just there's so much. Ugh, it's like an overwhelming sense of nostalgia and just love for this movie and these girls and these like this story. And I just wish it had a better ending. That's all I'm gonna say. Like I sure. just wish. I just wish she hugged him and thanked him for the book and. Um, She's like, you want to come over for some mincemeat pie or something? Yeah, you know, right. Like just something. Yeah, Hannah's making ginger tea. Yeah, one of us has a cold. Yeah, yes. uh, I know. I, I, and you know, I kind of see it as like, well, you know, because I'm, I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly in the 2019 version that I may have seen that it ends very much just with Joe writing the book. Like that's the end of the, the movie. Um, yeah, they're celebrating Marmy or something. There's like a cake. I remember they're all out. Mm-hmm. Or maybe I'm getting it confused, but I definitely want to rewatch that movie soon. Yeah, Put I feel like I list. would. Now that I've seen this, now I kind of want to go back and and see that. But uh, yeah, it I makes think... me. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. 
I, it, it makes me appreciate Timothy Chalamet a little bit more because I remember when they cast him as Laurie, I was so like, ugh. Like, of course mm-hmm. he's Laurie because, I mean, but it makes perfect sense. I just feel like he weighs 65 pounds soaking wet too and probably has like the biggest dick because of all those skinny scrawny kids do. Mm-hmm. Not kids, men. <laughs> Let's right. get that straight. Um, and, but it makes, uh, he's such a great Laurie because of that too because he does have that sort of like i don't give a fuck sort of attitude playboy attitude and who knows what he's like in real life but um i i I kind of understand that a little bit more but it makes me not understand emma watson as meg i just feel like emma's almost like a joe to be honest but she Mm. she'll never be joe even though i'm always excuse me rooting for emma watson I, i love her i will always love her but um i just I'm happy that she's in it, but I don't think she's a good Meg. Yeah, I, I that I agree with both of those points. I think that with Laurie, I thought, oh, Timothy Chalamet was actually a, such an interesting choice if you compare to Christian Bale. It's like, oh yeah, this is exactly who the updated Laurie would be. This makes perfect sense. Um, yeah, I think I'd like Christian Bale more only because yeah, I think he weighs just a little bit more, but yeah. Uh, that's you know otherwise you know god bless them and then yeah i guess meg i mean that's such a i feel like the because again i don't really know the trini alvarado story but it seems like she does not have an extensive career as the rest of them and in a way it's like that's what i would expect of whoever you cast as meg it's almost like they're less of a a name or less of a star than everybody else even like that would even make sense to me yeah, I I feel like if I ever go down the rabbit hole of just watching as many Little Women's like that to have these categories that no mm-hmm. one will listen to, <laughs> if I, right? But like I, you know, I'll get a Substack or something. Like, who is the best Meg? Yes, um, it'll be just be called the Meg. Um, but I <laughs> I do think that Trini is the best. I, and you know, I've only seen two of them, but out of those two, I just from the limited portion of the book that I read, it she just feels like a Meg. And I feel that can be applied to like, if someone described, I feel like you can describe anyone that you meet as like, oh, she's got Beth energy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or she's like, she's got Meg energy. Like, I know exactly what you mean. Tells me everything I need to know about them. And it's not always a bad thing, too. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, she's such a Joe. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, speaking of Meg, and, and if I I thought of you when when this scene happened, but I guess earlier in the movie, she's like like a, a tutor or something for some family like they're oh and yes and those two there's those two kids in the window and the one like puts her mouth against the window yes. and, goes, and I, I thought oh you love that you love that oh, scene i <laughs> screamed i had that in my takeaways and we just never got to it so i'm so glad oh my god she looks like she's out of the movie like chicken run or something yes. like, just like the wallace and gromit face Oh my that god! Made me laugh. That was that, so oh, funny. Thank you for that. Of course, of <laughs> course. I was like, I was like, if I forget this, what are we doing here? Oh but, yeah, she um, really went for it. But yeah, I mean, otherwise, yeah, this was. Uh, I'm I'm very curious to watch the 2019 version. I can't say that I'm gonna run to watch the 1940s or the 1930s version, but yeah, I love the idea of Catherine Hepburn as Joe March. I kind of feel like in terms of. Searsha yeah, Ronan versus honestly. Winona Ryder versus yeah. Catherine Hepburn versus uh, I think it was Joan Bennett was in the 90th, the 30s version, mm. which she was in the original Suspiria. That's all I know about her. Wow. Um, but uh, I would I would put my money on 
Catherine Hepburn being like the ideal Joe March. Yeah, she's a handsome woman. Very handsome woman. Like, I kind of feel like that's almost too perfect of casting. Yeah. Yep. Uh, well, as Great Aunt March said after singing Christmas carols, that was good. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love she got a little solo, just like she did in Sister Act. You know, it's great. It, it's part of her rider. You know, it, it's yeah. uh, it's part of the it, it's actually they started the Wicks Act in 1987. Yes. Um, there it and is. it was so that character actresses could get a little moment in things. Uh. As they should. Yeah. And so she was really just practicing and enacting the Wicks Act in 94 when she was a little woman. And then at some point around the same time in Sister Act. But they still named it after her. So. Yeah. That's history. We have to say this. Say this. (laughs) Yeah. Remind the children. (laughs) Right. You know, it's like this. Uh, this great, you know, the, the, the Library of Alexandria was destroyed, and think of all of the, all of the the genius and all of the works of brilliance that were lost. And so, yeah. I don't want that to happen here. I don't not want on this, this podcast. Not on this podcast. Not. I don't want this great library. Oh, oh, we're getting played off. Oh, I sh- okay. Never mind. We're getting uh, played off. This it's tangent- starting to rain. It's starting <laughs> to rain. Cue the it's, rain machine. Yeah. Oh, now it's raining. Oh, they're just turning off the lights. They just don't want yep. me to keep talking about the great Alexandria library. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. I get it. Some people don't want to remember history. So where can folks find more of you? <laughs> they can find me on my other podcast, the good vanilla, which is a barefoot Contessa podcast, or you can follow me on Instagram at Nick Kochanov. How about you? Well, you can find more of me on All Right Mary, where we are currently covering season five of Dracula. So if you love little women, you're going to love Dracula. And um, <laughs> you can also find us on Patreon. We have just finished Drag Race UK season five, and we are still covering Canada's Drag Race season four. And uh, that's what I have to say about that right now. But you should join us for that too. Uh, and you can find more of both of us in a best supporting capacity on Instagram at BSA pod, or you can send us an email at the BSA pod at gmail.com and keep your little peepers peeled. Ooh, Cause they're little <laughs> like the women in this movie. Yes. Um, because the best supporting after show is coming and we have got things to catch up on. And you may want to hear them. And every week we actually do this. Every week you get a bonus episode. Every single week. And you get early access to episodes just like this. You get all of that for $5 a month. And you get it at patreon.com slash pod. So much to talk about this week. We got to talk about Beyonce. We got to talk about Squid Game. We got to talk about a little Julie Klausner. So if any of that interests you, get on over there. It interests me. I'll tell you that much. Ooh. Well, I think it's time for you and I to get into two pre-owned least at yourselves named Ruth and Cheryl and get the hell out of Stepford. Sounds good. Okay, well then that's what we'll do. And that, as they say, is that. <laughs> <laughs>